You're listening to episode 86, Fertile Minds Radio, and I'm your host, Hillary Talbot Roland. An important thing about intention is it's like the reason behind the goal. It's the reason behind what it is that you want. So like the example I just used of, you know, I have this goal to eat healthy and be gluten-free, but I have a desire for a donut. You know, I can look at what is my intention? Is my intention to not have an outbreak of my celiac disease, you know, so that that desire for a donut is really like not as powerful as my intention to be healthy, be healthy right? So the intention is the why, the why behind what it is that you want. If you are looking for holistic wisdom and a plan to reclaim your fertility to help you create a healthy family for generations to come, you're in the right place. This is Fertile Minds Radio. That excerpt that you just heard was our beloved guest today, Miss Erin Gray. You may recognize her name and her voice from several other episodes that we've done. Uh, she has been a mainstay in this podcast. She is mental health therapist and massage therapist extraordinaire. She practices here in St. Petersburg, Florida. And it's been a hot minute since we've had her on the show, mostly because we have been trying to birth this episode since Fertile Minds began. You may have noticed from the title that it is a bit of a trigger. It was even a trigger for us. We'll talk about that in a second. Today, we're going to answer your burning question of what to do when everyone around you is pregnant and you're having a freaking meltdown about it. So welcome to the show, Erin. Hi, Hillary. Thank you for having me back. I'm super happy to be with you today. And yeah, I just want to emphasize that point that this episode has been two years in the making. Yeah. So it was, you know, neither one of us were trying to have children, right? but it was still a trigger for even us. Incredibly, right? incredibly so. Cause <laughs> we all have something that we want that sometimes is a struggle to see other people around you getting or having and feeling like you're the only person that doesn't have the thing, whatever the thing is. Right. And I actually get to revisit my personal choice to not have any more children other than my four stepson's every day in the treatment room. So every time we would come to sit (laughs) to record this, one of us would be having a meltdown, a meltdown. So we, we feel you absolutely. And we are going to do our best to give you what we have learned over the years, working with our clients, working with ourselves, working with ourselves so much to have answers that are satisfying. I feel like that's the thing that hung us up the most. I hung me up the most as the, you know, the quote expert that I didn't feel like we had come to some satisfying conclusions. And I feel like the quality of what we have to offer today has been worth the two year gestation (laughs) (laughs) to, you know, bring to fruition this episode. And it's, it's probably one of the things that we deal with the most, right? It's a big one. Absolutely. You know, like, and not just with pregnancy, but other, you know, life issues, like how is it that I get the thing that I want, that I feel like I'm struggling so hard to get and, you know, watching, you know, through the lens of social media, um, through the lenses, excuse me, of our families, um, our friends, whatever it is, watching other people seem to maybe easily get what it is that we feel like we want. Um, but that's not necessarily what's going on behind the scenes. 
No. And it is, you know, it's not enough to just say, well, that's an indulgent emotion that you're telling yourself this story. Everyone's pregnant, but me, right. We actually have to give you steps as to how to get out of that tailspin. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I wish I had a hundred bucks for every time I heard in the treatment room, <laughs> the crack whore and the alley is pregnant. Yeah, well, then, yeah, and it can look um, pretty unfair from a life and cosmic perspective, but we're going to get into some of that too and uh, how to kind of shift the focus away from what's going on in the outside world. And remember, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Right. And you know, my, even my waiting room is a, a landmine for that. Right? Sure. Like I just, I took a patient back the other day and you know, she's sitting there as somebody walks in with their baby and somebody exits about to pop. Oh Lord. And I literally, as I get her back in the room, I'm like, so must be getting close for you to have to been barraged by babies. Yeah. Right? And she just kind of looked at me like, Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't buy it. But that's so true. Yes. I, I actually believe that. that I do too. That's a good thing when all you can see is right. pregnancy. It's the thing that you want. Right? I feel like that's a sign that your vibration is actually starting to get to that place because your tractor beaming it in. Right. It's just not in your uterus yet. Right. And that's a hard perception to hold is the idea that when you start to become surrounded by babies and pregnant women and you know, people who are having the thing that you want to be able to shift your perception that you are becoming more and more in alignment with that truth. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. That can be really hard for people to shift their perception, to recognize that you're actually moving in the direction of getting what you want. I think some of that comes down to belief though, right? Absolutely. I agree with you. Because it's really hard to be happy for somebody else when you don't fully believe that it's going to happen to you. That's right. Right? There's this huge disconnect. Yeah. And you can't like Pollyanna your way and say, I'm so happy for you. This is happening for me. Yeah. Because there's this like turbulence that's playing in the in your subconscious, like right. in your body and in your right. mind of like, yeah, but. Yeah. It can be hard. It can be hard to, and you don't want to, you don't want to fake that. Like you can't pull that emotion out of thin air, but to start to recognize that there is something happening where it is in your sphere, that can change your perception a little bit. That can start to open you up and open up your heart and open up your sense of hope. And I think that was one of the things that I had said to you about today's episode that I really wanted to um, bring to the forefront is like, balancing uh, a really challenging message of truth, which is the thing that has kind of held us back for a couple of years from being able to lay this down. So balancing a message of truth with a message of hope and not being Pollyanna about that hope, but how do we balance hope that's believable? Right. 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 Hope that's not just like, well, I hope I get pregnant, but more of a sense of, I have an ability to believe that this is possible for me. Right. Okay. So before we get into our four step, we've built this force, not four step. It's like quadrant, quadrant. a quadrant. And yeah. We'll, well, I'll make a, um, like a, like chart. a chart, like a handout for you, you charty to do this people <laughs> out there after my own heart, but yeah. like to see things first, you can work your way through it instead of just listening. And those will be on the show notes. But 
we'll make before we jump into that chart, I think that it's really important to decipher the difference between desire and intention and goals. And they are very different, even though they have like a, the same flavor right. about them. And if you've never looked at that, that's kind of the key to understanding our four part chart quadrants. Right. Quadrants. <laughs> what are we calling this? Yeah. We can, yeah. Quadrants works because okay. it's not, it's not linear. So quadrants, but yeah, it is, it's really important that we make some distinctions among what's a desire, what's an intention and what's a goal and how are they different? Cause as you said, they really do have that same kind of flavor. So the thing about a goal is that it's a masculine driven it's a ma- it's got a masculine driver behind it. So if you don't know what we're referring to in terms of masculine and feminine, you can go back and listen to our episode on that. Yeah, it's not it's not like male and female. It's we all have the energies of yin and yang, masculine and feminine. It's yin is receiving or or feminine is receiving and masculine is giving, right? Or, right. Or right. Getting. Right, right, right. <laughs> so goal has a very masculine driver behind it. And it tends to be very specific. We tend to have a sense of it needs to look a certain way. So an example of a goal, let's say that you have a goal to move into a different position in your job and there's certain hallmarks that you need to reach in order to become, you know, to get that promotion or a good one is like getting a college degree. You see what the course, the courses are that you need to take you know, you need to show up to class, you know, you need to write your papers, you know, you got to put in your two years or four years, whatever that is. And then at the end you have your degree or at the end you get your promotion. Yeah. It's very cut and dry. There are very linear, linear. It's a progression. There's rules. Do this, get that. Right. There's expectations. Um, everyone is treated the same. Everybody's treated. Well, technically everybody's treated (laughs) the same, right? There's an outline for how you need to do things, right? Like there's, there's steps involved. Yeah. And mistakenly, I think this gets applied to fertility, right? Absolutely. Have sex on this day. Baby will come. Baby doesn't come in three months. Go to IVF doctor. Right. Right. Like, and then go through the next set of steps. We want to apply this and that's somewhat misguided. Absolutely misguided because the the thing that a goal has in mind is a particular outcome. Right. Which is where our quadrant comes in. (laughs) Right. Right. But desires and intentions, you might say, well, how do I have a goal without desires and intentions? And that's why they're kind of of the same flavor. right? Right. Right. So So let's move from the head into the body. So you can think of a goal as like something that sits in your head, whereas a desire has a more embodied sense. It's a felt sense. So I can have a goal to eat healthy and be gluten-free, but I can have a deep desire for a donor. (laughs) Right? Like there's just this felt sense. So do you get the juiciness in that? Like a desire is very embodied, you know, like the difference between when you feel like you're supposed to have sex because you're ovulating and when you really want it. Right. It's it's animalistic. Right. There's a real felt sense to it. Right. It comes from the body. Well, and I think that there's a desire to have a child and an intention are very different too. Cause I've experienced the biochemical desire Right. My body is like, whoa, time to have a baby. Time to, yeah. Even though my goal is like, 
we're done. We're closing up here. Right. So there can be huge differences. Absolutely. Yeah. But the sweet spot is in intention. Right. Which I think is like a word that's used a lot on certain spiritual social media channels. (laughs) Isn't really defined for people. And for me, intention is it's the desire plus faith that it will happen. And the faith is that I have, I have, I have thought my desire through, right. It's not just animalistic. I have decided that it's a good thing. And then I have let it be known to myself Mm -hmm. and to whomever is involved in that and the universe at large. And then I let go of the attachment to the outcome of how it shows up or when it gets here. And that's like, that's the, the moment to moment practice, right? Right. Especially when you're goal driven. Absolutely. Especially when you're goal driven. And a really thing, an important thing about intention is it's like the reason behind the goal. It's the reason behind what it is that you want. So like the example I just used of, you know, I have this goal to eat healthy and be gluten-free, but I have a desire for a donut. You know, I can look at what is my intention is my intention to, you know, um, not have an out, uh, not have an outbreak of my celiac disease, you know, so that, that desire for a donut is really like not as powerful as my intention to be healthy, be healthy. Right. So the intention is the why, the why behind what it is that you want. Right. Which very few people actually examine. Like that is a question that I have I don't ask often because mm-hmm. it's so deeply personal mm-hmm. and I don't ask it so often because when I've asked it, sometimes it's like you see like the gears literally blow up in somebody's head who sure. hasn't thought about it. When I say, why do you want to be a parent that you are so badly that you are willing to go through X, Y, Z? Yeah. And it's, it can be a, a question that I think really triggers um, defensiveness in people. Oh yeah. Cause and- the desire has entitlement. It, it can, it can. Desire can have a sense of entitlement. I want it because I want it and I should have it because I deserve it. Because I deserve the donut. Yeah. I deserve a donut. I don't deserve to have Sylvia. Right? <laughs> deserve is such a dirty word to me. I think it's such a dirty word. It's the first chakra. Yeah. It's a bullshit word. Yeah. yeah. Deserve is like, you know, I think the only thing we all really deserve in this lifetime is like, to breathe. Well, even that, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we deserve basic human respect and dignity and, and love and, but deserve is a dirty word. So if you've been using that in your, you know, in your fertility journey, you might want to consider, um, finding a better word. Yeah. I think it's your ego's way of tricking you into doing what it wants you to do and overriding what your intentions really are. Right. Right. I think it's more responsible to say, I want, I want this. I want a child to own. Right. This is what I want. Right. But why do you want it? But why do you want it? So really digging deep. And this is like you said, very, very personal. So, you know, moving into, you know, I want to have a child because I'm, I want to have a family. I like having a large family. I want to have a child because I want to shape a life and grow and nurture and, um, guide the development of a life. Or I want the family that I didn't have. Right. That's a big one. It's a huge one. And that's like, I think shrouded in good intention, mm-hmm. but sometimes like that needs unpacking. Right. Right. It can, you know, it, it can be as toxic as 
not that this is you, if you're listening, but this is, I have heard these words come out of, but the baby will save my marriage. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, That's a, that's a, a mythology. Well, and another one can be, um, I want to have a child because I want the opportunity to parent in the way that I was never parented. Oh, that one comes up. I've seen that more than once. Yeah. You want the chance to rectify and do it right. Yeah. Oh, it's so heavy. Do you see why this took two years? Like- <laughs> yeah, we, we have hard things to say today. So just some encouragement for you to really consider shifting this process from a goal-oriented one to look at what your intentions are, to feel your desire and see how that all aligns. And so these are really important concepts as we move into our, our quadrants here. Right. So when we were talking about what we wanted to say, Mama Jenna, who we both love. Mama Gina. Mama Gina. Gina. I always want to call her Jenna. My sister's Jenna. Hi, Jenna. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She says that the eruption of desire into reality is always miraculous. And you know it by these three points, that there is one, a crucial element of timing. Two, there is faith without promise. So hope for no reason is an, is an irresistible force of creation. And that three turned on enjoyment of your desire, even without evidence that it will be realized will help your desire morph into reality. Right. So she really brings into um, the forefront this distinction between goals and desires and intentions that there are, and I think this is what makes it so clear and how it it makes us move from goal into desire is how much of this is outside of our control Mm -hmm. and our direct management. Um, the idea that it's not just checking a bunch of boxes, but that we have to understand that there's timing involved and that um, to hold a space of faith without necessarily knowing that something is going to come into fruition and then to really enjoy the process. And this is something Hillary and I talked about before um, starting to record is that how many times have we seen a woman really enjoying her process of trying to get pregnant? Right. And it happens. I mean, I think we have a, a, we have a unique view. Well, we have a skewed bias because people come to us when they're having trouble. Trouble. Right. Right. Nobody's like, yeah, I think I'd like sharp objects shoved in me to get pregnant. (laughs) Acupuncture is pretty low on most people's list. Right. right? And so is diving deep into the depths of your psyche. Right. But I have seen it a few times and then you went a step further and yeah. you said, well, what about an IVF? Nobody ever enjoys that process. And right. I said, I just saw it the other day. Right. And it was so funny because the, the piece that is different about this woman and her ability to enjoy the IVF had to do with number one, the, um, not necessarily the crucial element of timing, but her perception of time. So, you know, all the, all the eggs fertilized and she was super excited. Um, and like, I got this crazy text message of like, Oh my God, the spermies and the eggies did the dance. We did it. We did it. She was just beyond excited. And I said that part of that is because she had to open herself up mm-hmm. to the possibility of even doing IVF. Like she didn't want to put that in her body. It yeah. wasn't in her 
her plans or plan, right? It wasn't in her ideals. And then, you know, as we uncovered more and more pieces, it became like, oh, well, this is probably, this may be the only way to get there, right? So she was curious and allowed herself to go through this, this process of opening up to something new. But then her thing on the timing, we were discussing something in the protocol and why we didn't have time to, to do something before the transfer. And she said, Oh my gosh, this is just going so fast. I'm it's overwhelming, but I'm so excited by mm. it. And I was like, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's because oftentimes clients will come in and they'll be like, this is taking too long. I have a cyst. Can't you jumpstart my period tomorrow? Like yeah. I need this to go on right. my timeline, which right. is goal oriented. Right. Right. It's very right. Masculine. Absolutely. Whereas this other client was just open to the idea of that. It's going to go on its own timeline and so pleasantly surprised because her perception was that it was going fast. Right. And so she was actually enjoying it. Right. She was like along for the ride. That's so cool. Yeah. It's very exciting to see when some, and and I didn't place that there. Like she got there on her own. And I think that that's just, I always talk about time and your perception of time being a stress, but this woman is like not showing physiological signs of stress in her body, which I think is amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) Going through this process. Right. So spend some time thinking about your why. Yes. If you haven't, write it down, get it out of the monkey mind, bring it through the subconscious, which is your body and out on that piece of pen and paper. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like picture a piece of paper and put a line down the middle, put a line across the middle and you got four boxes. We're going to talk about engagement and attachment. Okay. Okay. So engagement has to do with action, which I know you ladies are all about your action steps. So engagement has to do with our actions, right? Mm -hmm. Attachment has to do with our state of mind Mm -hmm. and our emotions, how we're feeling. Right. Well, our state of mind creates our emotions. There you go. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this is what we're about to talk about. And so we're going to talk about high levels and low levels of each and how they interact and what this has to do with your process when you're dealing with everybody's pregnant but you yeah because this is the model to keep looking back to figure out where you are in your own process yes the external process of everybody else being pregnant but you where you're at and let me also just say um because hillary had a good question about this one that this is not linear you can move from quadrant to quadrant in and out of all these these four different states of of being And there is one that is the sweet spot, and we'll be sure to highlight that. Right. And just because you get there doesn't mean that you are then there. It's like losing weight. Like you get to your goal weight, and then like you still have to maintain, and you might have a donut, and then you're like, oops, I'm over the line. i got to come back. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. So So the first quadrant is low engagement and low attachment. What does that mean? Right. So low engagement, low attachment means it's like an attitude of if it happens, it happens. I'm not necessarily trying, but I'm also not taking my birth control anymore, for example. So if it happens, it happens. Um, it can also be a state of apathy where you are just afraid to hope. So you're not really doing anything to try to get pregnant and the, the uh, attachment is in a state of apathy. Like you're just 
You're they, attached to not getting riled up. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Where you're, you're just, you don't have maybe the emotional, um, your well might be dry and you don't have anything to give it. So you get into a state of apathy. Yeah. Do you think that comes from fear? I do. I think a lot of it has to do with fear. I think it can have to do with disappointment. Right. Like if you haven't handled disappointments well in the past, right. how are you going to possibly handle this one if it's right not to par? So why bother? Right. It could be um, unresolved grief. Maybe you've had a few cycles and or maybe you've had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. It could be um, some grief that's left to process. Or you've watched somebody crazy pants their way around fertility around you, right? Right. And you're like, I'm not going to be that woman who's crazy pants. Or maybe your partner said, you can't turn into that woman. Right. Right. There's a lot of good reasons why you would just be like, meh. I feel like a lot of partners end up in this. And meh. Well, because if somebody's in crazy pants, somebody has to be in meh to keep the balance. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Makes sense. Um, and then also in this quadrant, maybe you're not doing a whole lot to enhance your health. Right. Cause you don't want to look like you're trying too hard. Or maybe you just don't know like that. There's some things that you could be doing to enhance your fertility and your health overall. Right. So you're probably not listening to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe your sister or your girlfriend. Um, yeah. So just not doing a whole heck of a lot, maybe with diet or lifestyle or, um, so yeah, here's the, the, the crack whore that gets pregnant. Like <laughs> we're talking about in the alley. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We know she's not doing a whole lot to enhance her health. Right. You know, but she's, they, you want to mistakenly put her in low engagement and low attachment, but she was really highly engaged with that. <laughs> but not necessarily with her health and, and well-being. And no attachment. Right. 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 Okay. So we're, that's an outlier. outlier. Just say that there's a lot of outliers in biology. Outliers. Absolutely. We're going to leave that alone. Alone. Yes. Okay. So the next quadrant is low engagement with high attachment. And so I see a lot of people that like to hang out in this place. Uh, okay. Yeah. This is a good one. So the low engagement and high attachment... So really, really attached to the idea of being a mother and not having a sense of what your identity would be if you didn't become a mother. And then this is like a a passive engagement. So maybe reading a lot of books or listening to podcasts, (laughs) but not applying what you've learned. Yeah. Not going and like downloading the downloadables and doing the work and doing running the models on yourself. Right. Maybe you've gathered all the referrals for the specialist or the specialist. Yeah. If you come sure gym, the diet, you've got a whole Pinterest board, right? but you haven't actually done anything. No, no follow through or very little follow through. Um, and this is the one where, you know, I'm supposed to have a baby, baby will save my marriage. So the energy is on the outcome, the thing. Yeah. And not exactly how you're going to get there. Right. And I don't, don't confuse that with like getting so caught up in the like how and having to know the steps, right. but the, this, this quadrant, when you're stuck here, you are, you don't know what your why is. You just want yeah. what you want. You deserve it. You don't know. You think you're supposed to have it. Right. It's the next logical step in the progression of your life. 
Yes. Okay. So the next quadrant, high engagement with high attachment. I would say this is where the majority Uh, of my clients are. Yeah, absolutely. And I see a lot of this too. So this is, this is an interesting quadrant because, um, this is the gas pedal go group. So this is the group that's got like the pedal to the metal, but doing everything perfectly, perfectly. The diet's perfect. They're exercising. They're having sex. They're making all their appointments. They're really digging into their psyche. They've got some momentum going. They're They're moving. They're doing it all. They're doing it all. The lifestyle. They've got their, you know, nursery picked out. Everything's, everything's ready to go. Except the level of attachment is so high that you move into the, the danger is that you move into a sense of entitlement that you deserve to have a baby because you have the happy marriage. You have the healthy diet, you have the lifestyle, you have the financial means you planned for it. And so you deserve a baby. Yeah. But you're gripping so hard. Right. There's no space for anything to come in. Right. Right. And this is also the place where you have the story about other people having it easier than you. Um, And you can start to really move into a victim perception. Yeah. This is where your work that you're the good work you're doing on yourself can go pathological. Right. 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 And I do feel like that that's like every time everyone's pregnant, but you, right. Mm -hmm. When that becomes your observation. Right. I think that's like your sign that you're like teetering in victimhood because there's always the assumption that it was easy for them. Right. Right. Because they're in it. And I so wish that I could, I could like share the stories <laughs> of my client as they pregnantly yeah. walk past the other person yeah. that's not with baby. Right. You know, HIPAA prevents me from doing that. Right. But like, if you only knew what they've been through, right. what they've experienced, he would be like, Oh, I'll, right. I'll take my path. Right. It's totally fine. Right. Right. And this is the group where you mentioned too that the high driving women that are used to working for a goal often fall into this quadrant because they're used to linear goals. Yeah, I like to live here. <laughs> it's my check the boxes. It's my safe space. <laughs> if I check the boxes, then you know that outcome is going to happen. But it also leads to burnout. It absolutely leads to burnout, and it can lead to um, a sense of despair like real despair because it's, it can seem unfair. It can seem like a punishment. Oh yeah. This is an ugly one. Yeah. This is why why I'm saying you're kind of like teetering on victimhood, right? Right. Like, right. right. You can go old Testament on this. (laughs) God strike thy down and the universe is dry. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This one can go into, this one can go into past behaviors. This is a good time. If you're finding yourself here where you're reviewing like, Oh, that abortion I had when I was 18 or I don't know, like life choices that I've made. Um, you know, why didn't I have a kid in my first marriage when I was you know, young and so fertile? This is a good chance to go back and, and review our episode on unfinished business. <laughs> if you're finding any of that stuff come up. Yeah. I gave the best years of my life to my ex who didn't want a child. And right. oh, Facebook just showed me he has to. So how do you get out of this place into the next quadrant, which is the sweet spot? Right. All right. So let's talk about the sweet spot. The sweet spot is high engagement with low attachment. So let me just say to you all, this is, it's simple, but it's not easy. 
And when you get there, you're going to, you're really going to feel it. You're going to feel why this is the sweet spot. So this is the idea that you're doing everything you know how to do to support your health, to support your fertility. You have a focus on your health and fertility as a byproduct of that. Okay. So you know that you're there because in general, you feel more balanced, you feel more sane. And it's this idea that you're holding the tension of the opposites that you want it to happen, but you also understand that it may not happen. So this is where at the beginning, I was like, we really need to balance a message of truth with a message of hope. So needing to understand that you are doing everything you know how to do and the outcome may not be in the form that you expected. So testify. Yes, right. Hey, <laughs> could you speak to that a little bit for us, Hillary? Oh my God. If you told me I would have four steps since I would have been like, you're <laughs> Stop out of your body. Not going to happen. Right. And I'm here to tell you when mm-hmm. you put the intention on yourself. Right. And instead of something external, yeah, what you want, which I just, I wanted to have a committed, healthy adult relationship with the potential of family for later. Right. Right. And when, and I spent so much time just like looking externally for that. And then I put the intention and the attention on myself, right? Like I let the intention be known. And then I put my attention on the things to make me healthy body, mind, and soul. And then poof, right here come, you know, I released my attachment to having kids on my own quite literally like five days before I met my husband. Wow. With his four children. Yeah. I knew that he (laughs) had four boys before I knew what his name was. And I was like standing there kind of like, scanning myself like and he even said like you're not freaking out you're not running for the door and I said no I'm not like I'm so curious about this right now (laughs) and so it it was this like ultimate lesson to me of when you put the attention on yourself and he literally went through the same thing he exclaimed to an entire room full of people 15 minutes before he met me Mm. how happy he was being single Wow. That's crazy. So these are great examples of low attachment, right? They were low attachment, but high engagement. We were both like super fit physically and mentally, (laughs) emotionally. Like we had done our work on the top of your game in your business. Right. Everything was going so well. Right. And 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 then it got sweeter. Right. So this was like, the byproduct that, that came along from doing the work and being happy with what you had. Right. Which was like, I did not enjoy climbing that mountain. That mountain sucked. <laughs> and you can attest to that. I can attest to that. <laughs> like, yes. That was a shitty mountain climb. Oh, it was so fraught with unexpected yeah. <laughs> terribleness. Yeah, and right? a lot of yeah, side roads. Which is so familiar sure. to my clients or right. our clients, right. right? Right. Like there's so many spaces that we get into where we're like, I never thought this would happen. Right. And so that's the high engagement, low attachment is this idea that, you know, you are engaged in your life. There are things in your life that bring you pleasure and enjoyment and fulfill you and give you identity. And this idea of having a family or having a child is something that you want, but it's not 
where all of your joy rests. It's not where all of your hope rests. It's not where it's not an end all be all. And I, I gave an example to Hillary of this one. Um, cause I think it's important to talk about, um, outcomes, not quite being maybe what we had expected. Um, that I, I worked with a woman who had been through many, many cycles of IVF of failed IVF. And she got to be in her early forties, she and her husband, and they decided to stop trying and they decided that adoption wasn't for them. And she had to really move through a deep grieving process, but decided that they were going to be childless and how they were going to manage that was to enjoy their friends, children, to enjoy their nieces and nephews, to enjoy their relationship and deepen their relationship and partnership. Um, she, when she realized how much it was going to save them financially and how much financial freedom they were going to have, she decided that they would travel more, um, and just made a decision to shift the focus of her life on, you know, what would bring them the most pleasure and happiness and fulfillment after having made that decision that it was, it was time to stop trying. Right. So she had been in high engagement for a very long time, very long time, very long time. So how is she mentally, emotionally? Great. She's really at the top of her game with her career, um, has a great relationship with her husband. They enjoy where they live. They travel, they spend time with family, you know, and she does visit this from time to time. Like she does visit from time to time that she doesn't have children. And that was something that she wanted for her life, but she's moved into a place of acceptance with that. So I, I share that story and it's a, it's a balancing act of hope. Okay. So I share that story not to discourage, but I share it to help to have a space in you that understands that life may take you on a turn that is unexpected and not what you had planned, but it doesn't necessarily mean that life is over or that your life can never be happy or your identity is shattered, right? Or your identity is shattered. So here's a good example of identity and mothering, right? Like I'm the poster child for the childless mother. I have had an element in my personality that is mothering probably my whole life. And, you know, my clients sometimes feel mothered by me. My friends feel mothered by me. My mother feels mothered by me. I have a very mothering quality to my personality. That's why I go to you. That's why you come to me, right? I need you mothering. Need, you need mothering. I need mother and I need mothering. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes we need a tough love mama. Sometimes we need a big hug and a kiss and a, everything's going to be okay and comfort. And I have that to my personality. It's one of the things that makes me a really effective counselor that I can, you know, navigate all of those things and provide guidance I have no children, but I still very much express the mother archetype in my life. Right. And I think that that's confused. That is just as confusing. And mm. I, you know, with your help work through that, right. That's just as confusing as the biochemical push to have right. a child. Right. And, 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 and maybe you've never wanted that. And all of a sudden it's like, that happened to me. Right? That absolutely happened to me. And actually Hillary helped me through this. I had a strange experience in my early forties of feeling, this is so strange. can't believe we're laying this down on a podcast. Here it is. My uterus felt like it was grieving because I had never had a baby and the uterus is designed to 
hold something, hold something, right? And let it go and let it go. And, you know, we have lots of opportunity to create in our lives and I have created all kinds of things in my life. But one of the things I have never created is a child. And I had made a decision a long time ago that I was not going to have children. But when I was in my early forties, I had this experience of having to move through my physiology, experiencing grief for not having had a child. So I, okay. I don't know if you believe this or not. I don't think I've ever asked you this question, Okay, but, you know, you know, Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Right? And so he has this concept that your physical body is your subconscious. That's where it lives. Okay. And, and all the cells. Okay. And so I believe that there's like, sometimes that's what comes out in your organs energetically is your subconscious beliefs dying. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm going to have to sit with that one. So, yeah. Cause I don't, and that, that process is like kind of crazy when you go through the grieving of realizing you're not going to have a biological child. Right. right. And, and you, and, and I didn't want one. Right. Right. And it, it's not, I'm here to tell you, <laughs> you can make that mental decision, but there is that biochemical push that will happen over and over until you get all the way to the other side right. of the change or menopause or whatever you want to call it because you're, that's so deeply programmed, right. right? It is very deeply programmed. And so it's difficult to understand sometimes. This is why we want you to look at your intention. Right. Like, is it a biochemical desire? Right. Is it really, you just want to see what you and your husband would create together? And that's what the drive is to be a biological child. Is it that you just want to be a mother? Cause there right. are a lot of ways to mother. That's right. Do you want to build a family? Cause right. there are so many ways to build a family right. that don't include your genetics. Right. And like, these are such touchy subjects, yeah. which is why this has taken two years to come to fruition. So, so we're planting some seeds. <laughs> you have not examined these things. You need to examine them. And just because you haven't like, and you think that like, Oh, I got what I wanted. Like, we go through yeah. menopause. Yeah. There's another punch in the uterus coming. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you've got a child or not. There you go. <laughs> and so like taking some of these examples and putting them into this quadrant of high engagement with low attachment. You know, I, I actually had this conversation with a client the other day of, you know, that because of the options she has allowed to open up in her life, she and her husband have allowed for, it's really clear that they're going to have a child. So they're doing some rounds of IVF. And their next step in their plan is to look at adoption. So the attachment can sometimes be on how that child comes into the world and comes into your family. But when you can release your attachment about how that happens, you open up more options. You open up more space um, for things to come into being maybe in ways that you didn't expect or plan. Which is really awesome when you can let that yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, it's the stereotypical story of the family that adopts and then they get pregnant pretty soon after adopting a baby. Right. Right. Yeah. I never, I never knew that I could accept so much love. Mm. Like I didn't know that I even had that ability, which sounds really weird. Mm. I don't think you understand that until you go through it. Yeah. But it is difficult to accept. You know, I went from living alone to having five men in my life yeah. that were, and being the queen. Yeah. And I hadn't really had that experience, had that experience right? like getting there. Right. So we have <clears throat> given you the four quadrants. We've outlined where the sweet spot is and then it's not linear. So 
how do you get there and how do you stay there? Yeah, it's a great question. So understanding this is not a linear process. So you may find that you are in that sweet spot of high engagement, low attachment, but that's, you know, something happens and it triggers you and you move into one of the other quadrants. It's okay. Like don't be goal oriented with this either. So, you know, it's like, it's like losing weight. When you get to your goal weight, you have to maintain what you've built. So you need to be, you know, really assessing this and keeping your finger on the pulse of this. You know, are you following through? Are you being overly controlling? Are you not appreciating what you do have? Like, you know, a healthy marriage, a good job. You live in a place that you love, whatever it is, you know, so keeping your finger on the pulse of, you know, where are you gripping? Where are you being lazy? Maybe where are you dropping the ball? Where, you know, understanding the difference between what you have control over and what you don't have control over. So, you know, do you have control over what you eat? Absolutely. Do you have management over whether or not you get to your acupuncture appointment and take the herbs that you've been prescribed? Absolutely. Do you have control over when you're going to get pregnant? The timing elements? Absolutely not. Can you optimize your window by tracking your ovulation? Sure. So really keeping your finger on the pulse of what do you have control over and what don't you have control over? Because there is a sense of needing to take your hands off the wheel around things like timing around things like exactly when it's going to happen. Um, I've worked with women who've gotten really angry when they've gotten pregnant before they actually planned on it, believe it or not. They had a plan for when they were going to have that first child, that second child. And when that timing was different than what they had planned, they were pissed. Right. Which is, all comes down to control. Yeah, it really does. And managing your expectations. It absolutely does. Which, you know, I've, I've said it a hundred times on this podcast. I'll say it again. Your expectations are your source of suffering. Yeah. That's not just a that's spiritual treat teaching. No. That's like it's somebody that's lived there. life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like if you yeah. were, if you expected everything to go to plan, I'm not saying like, don't put one foot in front of the other and your attention on things to get right. you there. Right. But like, you have to learn how to set the intention and then let go of the attachment to the outcome and then plan to fail your way there and be okay with what is the byproduct of right. what happens from putting one foot in front of the other. Right? right. And, and also, you know, so managing your expectations, looking at control, what do you have control over? What don't you have control over? And I think uh, another important aspect of this is understanding the difference between the fantasy and the reality. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So here's where I get to, you know, pop some balloons here at the end that, um, you know, if you find yourself asking questions like, why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be so hard? Um, you know, we can answer those questions. There's not going to be a satisfying answer. You know, I don't know what your lessons are. I don't know what it is that where you might be overworking and over trying, you know, that can sometimes be why it's so hard. Or where your blockages are that, you right. that you're refusing to move through. Right, right. So, or that, you know, maybe you haven't done all of the work that you need to be doing to get to where you want to be. Um, so this fantasy, the idea of the fantasy is that it's supposed to be easy. Drop that. It will save you a lot of suffering. It's not necessarily going to be easy. It can be simple, though. That's and that right. comes back to what That's you right. think about it. Right? Absolutely. 
because your thoughts create your emotions and you are in charge of your thoughts. You are not a victim of your own mind unless you have never done yourself the service of looking around up there. Right. You know, and, and to balance that too, I want to say this can be a really emotional experience and it is okay and encouraged that you feel your feelings and that you move through your feelings. We don't want you to get stuck in a victimhood or despair um, or hopelessness or feeling sorry for yourself. You know, you can have that moment where you really do and moments, I should say, feel your feelings, experience what you're feeling, but also, you know, experience what is enjoyable and meaningful in your life as well. Right. Like, your, your negative feelings can be very purposeful. Absolutely. Like I'm not saying don't feel those at all. Right. They can be, um, signposts. You know, if you're feeling anxious about having a procedure done, it's a good opportunity to take a look and see, you know, is this the right procedure for me? But there is such a thing as becoming indulgent in your yes. negative emotions, yes. which is why we wanted to do this right. episode. Right? right. Because oftentimes when a client comes in and is like, and they're crack whore on the street is crack. <laughs> it's the, it's like the tip of the iceberg, right. right? And really the meat of all of the the stuff right. that you need to go through right. is underneath the That's water, right. right? Right. So if you're saying this, like there's something deeper, like this yeah. is the scapegoat. Right. Right. What did you tell me the other day? And I want to punch you. Anger is a cover emotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anger is a good cover for other stuff like disappointment, hurt, hurt feelings, um, it's usually there's some tender, really tender emotion underneath anger. Not that we can't be angry or have righteous anger. That's there's, that's legit. But when you're stuck in it, when you're stuck in it, you got to take a look. There's probably something much more tender going on underneath like hurt or disappointment or loss of hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, And the loss of hope is, that's the thing that we want to gift you. Yes. We want to remind you that there's always hope if you choose to believe that there is. Right. And and I want to make a distinction between hope as an emotion and hope as a spiritual concept. Oh, okay. Please do. Yeah. So hope as an emotion, I find to be not as powerful as hope as a spiritual concept. So hope meaning like when I said earlier, like, oh, well, I hope that happens it leaves a lot up to the fates and can put us in that low engagement, low attachment place. I hope it happens as opposed to hope as a concept of faith without any evidence that it's necessarily going to come to fruition. So hope as high engagement, low attachment. So believing that you can make your intention be known and that if it's in your destiny destiny of this life yeah and you do what you need to do that that will somehow be delivered to you right okay. in some form or another right in some form or another okay so we hope that we have answered this question <laughs> yeah we hope that we have reminded you that it's a very good thing if all of a sudden everyone around you is pregnant because it means you're starting to get closer to vibrating in that field it just isn't in your field yet right right and that it's is okay to be hopeful. No one has ever grieved harder because they dared to hope from a spiritual perspective. perspective That's right? right. Yeah. So 
take this quadrant, look at it, figure out where you are, figure out what it is that you need to do for you and your particular place in your journey. Maybe not like, cause it's going to change as your journey changes, right? Like yeah. Maybe sometimes it's more mental health work. Maybe it's going to the gym. Maybe it's saying no to the donut, whatever it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard to do all of it at once. Yeah, it is. It, and, and, and to keep it realistic. So you know, if you find yourself that you're dotting all the I's or crossing all the T's, you might be in the high engagement, high attachment quadrant. Right. And it's time to figure out how to let go. And if you can't right. figure out how to do that on your own. Right. It, there's always, there's always some places that you can get some help. Um, you know, your support system, your professional system. And I think another really good hallmark is, you know, if you're finding yourself in that tightly gripped space, going to a place where you're having fun, you're enjoying your life, that will get you into more of a place of low, low attachment while still engaging in the things that optimize your fertility. So if the intention is to create a child out of the love that you feel with your partner, right? Focus on the love that you feel with your partner, not creating the child. There you go. Right. Perfect. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing your most valuable asset with us today. Your time. We love and honor that you decided to spend almost an entire hour with us. And if we can uh, help or serve you in any way, please don't be afraid to reach out for us. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on again. It's great to be with you all. Been too long. It's been a long time. What's next? What are we going to do next? Uh, I don't know. We'd love to hear some feedback. Is there a mental health topic that you all would love to hear? I love that. Um, love some ideas. Okay. Go to the show notes at ladypotions.com and let us know how we can serve you. Cause that's what we're here for. Bye for now. Hey, if you like this podcast and want to take it the work deeper, I invite you to join me for my winter fertility cleanse. It's five days of fertile friendly recipes, five hours of coaching on what it means to cleanse and how to do it safely when you're trying to conceive. It'll jumpstart your relationship to food and your fertility. Head over to ladypotions.com to sign up. We start January 25th.